and welcome again to the TW Local 591 podcast. I'm Gary Scheibel, your host and local president. Today we're going to talk about the material logistics uh, specialist groups negotiations and with us today is executive board member for the material logistics specialist Mike Bush. Welcome back to the show Mike. Hey thanks for having me. So we continually hear nothing uh, most times in the uh, updates and most times we, we talk about maintenance maintenance and maintenance and uh, your work group often is lost in the mix here so let's talk about materialist logistics specialist negotiations um, one place that it's always missing is in the jetnet bullet points so for starters uh, let our members know how many members we actually have in local 591 as uh, material logistics specialist so local 591 stores members, we have 762. And for the entire system, uh, just Legacy American? Legacy AA, we have 1,307 currently system-wide. Okay, and then when we finally integrate, how many uh, stores folks do we have? So currently there's LUS has about 324. So what are we looking at? 16... 1630-ish? 31. Okay, so... And on top of that, you're in all the stations, which we currently have 28 stations with aircraft maintenance. That's correct. And also uh, GSW. Okay. So overall, and, and when I say material logistics specialist, for everybody knows that that is also formerly known as our stores folks. Uh, they had a title change uh, a few years back. So that is a significant number of jobs that we're talking about, 1,600 jobs. But yet, it's never mentioned... By the company on their JetNet bullet points, and it's uh, unfortunately it's lost in the in the mix, even on our own bulletins. So let's let's get into the into negotiations here. So, what are the big issues that are different contractually from the maintenance group? Because I understand a lot of the uh, languages flow through, but what would be the two big issues, say that are different than uh, maintenance? So the two that really stick out would be obviously scope. The scope of work for an MLS uh, would obviously be a lot different than a AMT, but also wages. Everything else primarily is flow through or we have pretty much mirrored aircraft maintenance up to date for all the TAs we have done. Okay, so why don't we dig deeper into scope? So what are they proposing and what was their latest proposal from the company regarding uh, MLS scope? Well, um, the latest one is as of July 19th of 2017. Oh, you said 2017? 2017 was the last time we got a scope proposal for MLS. They keep saying different things on JetNet, so it's 2017. That's correct. With a 1.7, and we're in 2019. That's correct, and I was hoping to see one this week, but uh, we didn't see one this week either. So you're at a forgotten group yet again. Once again, yes. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's. So, what are they proposing? Is it based on what I hear from Doug Parker and Robert Isom? It's got to be all good. Uh, well, I guess if you look at it from their perspective, it is. Oh, okay. um, right. What I'm looking at that was passed to me back in again 2017 of July is pretty much book language. When I say book, the LAA book, uh, and there was some additions. There was the stations that they were agreeing on. Uh, there's a lot of strikethroughs that they wanted to delete a lot of language. And they did add a paragraph about not furloughing to the street any MLS group. 
Um, they added some stuff like supervisory can perform material planner and AOG for our AOG planners and uh, material planner brothers and sisters over at the IOC. But other than that, it's pretty much strike throughs and current language. So when you say strike throughs, they struck through or gutted your existing language? Yes, it's, it's half the size of what it was. So then when you don't have language, that essentially means that everything else that used to be contractual requirement will now become a management right and they'll decide? At their discretion, it seems to be that's the trend that we're, we're looking at. So in other words, they're you know 1,600 members strong, but they're looking to gut what you've been able to accomplish over years as a work group. In fact, you were the first unionized work group on the property way back when. So they're looking to gut the 70 years of history that has gone on. That is correct. And I do like to um, talk about that from time to time when people bring that up. The stores group did first organize on the American Airlines property back in 1945, I believe it was, followed the following year by the mechanics and the fleet service. So yes, we were the first group to unionize under the Transport Workers Union. Okay. Based on what you're saying with the the language, how they want to um, remove a lot of it, um, let's look outside for a second from a different perspective of what are the biggest threats to your job? Um, I realize you guys support maintenance, so um, we do know that American wants to reduce line maintenance by at least 20% um, and con- continually increasing the amount of maintenance that's being done in South America. So let's talk about how that affects the MLS group. Sure. So obviously we have what I refer to as the trickle-down effect. Wherever there's aircraft maintenance, there's stores. And however many there are AMTs, there's usually a percentage of stores. So if we're looking to move work down south uh, to the non-unionized or non-TWU areas, obviously I won't have material logistics specialists supporting that station outside of the U.S. Uh, One of the other Oh, I guess you could call it a threat that I see is I see more and more off-site locations popping up. So Tulsa has always had one. Charlotte's had one. Uh, we currently opened one in Dallas, an off-site, when I mean off-site, off-airport air, property. Uh, we have one in Miami. We have one that uh, I just got news a few weeks ago that will be opening off-site in Orlando, of all places. So that seems to be the trend. Uh Maybe they just don't have enough room on the airport to house the amount of parts they want to house. But um, it seems to be a trend that they're opening more and more off-site locations. So that's something that's important to me that we capture that. Uh, as long as my MLSs are in these off-sites. Um, but again, there's been no offer, no language, or no discussions of that to date. Okay, so let's speak of real off-site. I mean, off-site being, say, Sao Paulo, Brazil. They build a warehouse in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and are, you're not even seeing the parts. Say they're coming from directly from a Rolls-Royce, a Boeing, or whatever manufacturers shipping the parts. Um, that seems like it would be a, quite the threat to your jobs, too. Sure, there there'd be no, no uh, visibility for us to see these parts. Usually, we would be an exchange base, say Dallas or Tulsa, because they're so large. To ship the parts there. Uh, Miami has shipped a lot of parts down south. But yes, they could move to, to what you're saying and ship vendor direct to these countries and we would never see them. 
Okay, and one other last thing I see that's sometimes a, an issue is their own mechanics pulling their own parts. So how does that affect your workforce? This would be, you know, um, in the, some of the smaller stations within the United States, how would that uh, affect? Well, we find that a lot of stations, um, the aircraft maintenance guys will pull their own parts. They'll, uh, they'll leave them, let's just say, for whenever a stores guy is going to show up to run them used. But they don't have the proper coverage uh, for a 24-7 operation at every station. So they do rely on what I have heard the term, the honor system, uh, from the mechanics. Basically doing our work is what it boils down to. Okay. So, and obviously that means less MLS in the end by mechanics doing their work. Exactly. Okay. And the LUS world, they, uh, they, I believe they have a clause where, that, where a mechanic can uh, work in the capacity of a stock clerk. They're still called stock clerks on their side. So uh, we don't want to go down that road. Okay. So the other issue that you brought up was a uh, big issue that's different than uh, the maintenance ranks would be wages. So what would be the latest on the on wages from uh, for the MLS folks? Well, I again, um, I guess we could look back to 17 again when we last discussed anything. Uh, but wages, what I kept hearing for the last year or two was Delta plus three or whoever's hired plus three. Well, we've recently had Southwest that you know uh, has just signed a TA that they are now the industry leader in wages, but yet we've heard no offer of Southwest plus three. So um, again, it's been a long time since we've heard anything. So uh, I'm not sure where they're at right now with wages. Okay, and I know that with the Southwest, as far as their material logistics specialist, that was actually voted in. So those are the the current industry leading wages. Yes, yeah, Southwest is currently industry leading. Uh, who knows what Delta will do, but yes, they're current. Okay, are there any other issues that we need to cover today? Uh, we're again, like I said, we were hoping to get an offer this week, or at least have a little discussion. And and it's been mentioned in the past that uh, we have to get the two big groups pretty much out of the way. And, and I understand that from past history and past negotiations, they got to do the mechanics and then uh, fleet service before they usually get to the smaller groups. So I understand that. But um, from what I'm hearing on the maintenance and fleet side, it doesn't look too promising for the, uh, the store side as, as well. Okay. Well, that's our podcast for today. And thank Mike for coming in and giving our MLS folks some insight into the negotiations. And uh, on that note, we'll end this podcast. And as always, work safe, work compliant, and most of all, stay safe.